0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey there, Bills fans. Welcome to Believe, a Bills fan podcast. We come at you every week talking Buffalo Bills. I'm Jamie D'Amico. This week, I'm flying solo without the great John Boccasino, who is on the injured list once again. I like to say that when he's not around. Briefly, speaking of John Boccasino, did you know that he is the OG of Buffalo Rumblings podcasts? He, along with, I believe it was Anthony Marino, are the first to have a Buffalo Bills podcast on the Buffalo Rumblings network, so... Hey, credit where it is deserved. Anyway, this week, we're going to bring you a free agency primer. Because this upcoming week is when the new league year begins. That means players can start signing. And we know that there is a legal tamping per- tampering period. That's BS. We know that a lot of deals were probably made at the scouting combine, even though it's against the rules. Now, I want to discuss with you this week the places where I think the Buffalo Bills can improve, the players that they perhaps should look at, and maybe positions where you might be a little bit surprised to hear me say, yeah, I think they're going to leave that one alone. We'll look at the offense. We'll look at the defense, and I I think that you're going to be, well, I think you're going to be ready for the free agency period After this show. If you're not, I didn't do my job, right? (laughs) Anyway. Let's go position by position here. And I'd like to start with the running backs. You have, well, not a dominant group of running backs. You have Saquon Barkley, who had a great season. He has been franchise tagged. So forget it. The Buffalo Bills are not going to attempt to sign him. They would have to give up two first-round draft picks. Running back is not worth one first-round draft pick let alone two of them going into their second contract. That's a bad use of money. But when you take a look at what the Bills have going on, they have Devin Singletary, who is heading into free agency. And according to the Pro Football Network, Singletary is ranked as the number six available running back. Ahead of him are Miles Sanders, Jamal Williams, David Montgomery, Rashad Penny, and Jarek McKinnon. Behind him, you have Damian Harris, Chase Edmonds, and a player who I rather like, Dante Foreman, with the Carolina Panthers. I don't think the Bills are going to make a move here. I know Miles Sanders is a a really good player, and it seems like the Bills' front office is more than willing to invest in the running back position, as you've seen with them in three consecutive years, spend two third-round picks and a second-round pick, respectively, on the position— They're going to be without those two third-round picks coming into the season after Zach Moss was traded. But here's the thing. James Cook averaged 5.7 yards per carry last season. Now, granted, it was only on 89 attempts, but that is the second-most yards per carry in the NFL last season. That's a player that deserves more playing time. Now, I understand that you may want to consider putting in uh or putting a running back on the roster that is a bit of a different build, maybe a guy who's bigger who you can sort of use in the short yardage situations. That's kind of why I'm looking at Dante Foreman. But the reality of it is, the Bills also have Naheem Hines who is an accomplished back in his own right, though he didn't do much with the Buffalo Bills this past season. I don't think you spend the money here. I think this is one of those positions where maybe you spend a late round draft pick or have a, an undrafted free agent coming in. Probably a guy who weighs 215 pounds or more, as you've got a couple of guys on the Bills roster who are coming in at 190 and 200 pounds themselves. James Cook is not a big guy, but he's fast. I think you leave it alone. And I know that there's a lot of people that are saying, well, we we need a running game. The backs weren't the issue. Devin Singletary, he's not a world beater, but he's good enough. Like, this is a guy who could have easily run for a 1,000 yards behind a good offensive line. The Bills don't have that. And you do need to add weapons to this team because it has to be more than, hey, Josh Allen, do something great. But the running back position is one where I'd like to see James Cook develop, and the only way he's going to develop is to get his touches. So that, I think, is what we're going to hang our hats on. Okay. Now, when it comes to playmakers, I think you have to take a peek at the wide receiver position. The downside of that is, in both the draft and for agency, it's... Not a great position this year. The number one receiver out there, according to a couple of different sources, uh, Pro Football Network, we've got uh, the uh, NBC Sports website I've got in front of me, we're looking at the number one receiver perhaps being Jacoby Myers. Hmm. Also, you can throw Adam Thielen into the list. He was just released. Odell Beckham Jr., He's been a free agent for more than a year now. But receivers are getting an awful lot of money these days. And you have to stop and think about when it comes to the players who are available, are you bringing them in to create competition for Gabe Davis, who a lot of people were unhappy with this past year with the drops, or to take over that starting position? And when you consider that, I would have to think that you're probably going to keep Gabe Davis as a starter because the money is right. Now, if you decide that you're going to spend money, it's probably going to be on a slot receiver. Because let's take... I mean, let's let's be honest with ourselves here. We thought Isaiah McKenzie was going to hop into that role, and it just didn't happen. But there aren't really... Uh, a great number of slot receivers available outside of Adam Thielen, and maybe you can make a case for Nicole Hardman uh, and also Paris Campbell. If I'm looking at this list, I'm interested in a few different players here. But, like, again, you have to look at it through the perspective of what sort of production are you going to get out of them. This past season, Gabe Davis had 48 receptions for. 836 yards, that was 17.4 yards a reception. Are you getting more than that out of the potential players that you're coming in? So, Jacoby Myers, an outside receiver. 67 catches for 804. Okay, slightly better season. Juju Smith-Schuster, he had a good season. 78 receptions, 933. He was in that great Kansas City offense. He probably... Is going to resign with him, or he's going to go out and find some bigger bucks. He played on a one-year, $4 million contract last year. I would have loved to have seen that in Buffalo. It didn't happen. Alan Lazard, 60 catches for 788, six touchdowns. He was Aaron Rodgers' favorite target. I don't see it. Now, with the next few players that are available, I think it starts getting a little bit more interesting. You've got Darius Slayton, who was on the Giants. Now, he had very similar statistics to what Gabe Davis had. He's only 26 years old. He had 46 catches for 724 yards. The issue with him is that he was injured a lot. And you know how it goes. The most important ability is availability, and he didn't have that. However... Because of that, you might be able to get him on a reasonable contract. Another player that I'm somewhat interested in here is DJ Chark. He only had 30 receptions for 502 yards. Another guy who had the injury bug hitting him all over the place. He was fantastic when he was in Jacksonville. He was a big-bodied receiver. But can he stay on the field? 30 catches, 502 yards. It's not bad, but... I I need more out of him in order to really know what we're getting, but I think that this is a good receiver. Somebody who's coming in at like 6'4", I think I might want a player like that. And the other guy, Paris Campbell, 63 catches, 623 yards. He had Matt Ryan, who is cooked, and Sam Ellinger throwing him the ball. He's quick. He's an underneath guy. I would be interested in putting him on the team to see what he can bring the team as he develops and becomes better with a better offense around him. And the other reason I like looking at him is it's very clear that one of the things the Buffalo Bills do is they try to fill as many positions as possible in free agency. So then they don't have any major needs going into the draft. And I I like that. Paris Campbell would be a good addition. Now, the one problem you have is the majority of the holdovers on the Buffalo Bills roster are slot type receivers. You've got uh, you've got Khalil Shakir, you've got Isaiah McKenzie. Both players are bound to be on the roster. So again, I'm not sure what you're going to get here. Unless you're signing an outside receiver, people are bringing up Nicole Hardman because of his speed and because he played for Kansas City. He's just a guy, though. He had 25 catches for under 300 yards. I'm just not that impressed by it. But what that leads me to is something a little bit more interesting. I think you have to look at the offensive line. Now, if you can... By the way, I I will preface this by saying if you can get a good deal on an Adam Thielen or an Odell Beckham who can play both a slot and outside, that's Beckham, not Thielen. Thielen's just a slot receiver who is slowing down and not doing particularly well against man-to-man coverage these days. I think you get Odell Beckham or Thielen. If the price is right, it's not going to be for Beckham. And we don't know what he has left after all of the injuries he's had. The place where I think you have to put the money, though, is the offensive line. It's time. It obviously didn't go well with Roger Saffold, who was making like 6 or $8 million. I, I can't remember this past season. You need competition. He's got to be replaced. I hate to say it. I like Spencer Brown, but the guy definitely needs competition because he just isn't playing that well. Now, I was looking at an article in The Athletic by Joe Buscaglia. Great writer. If you don't subscribe to The Athletic, you should. It's, it's not free, but I think it's worth the money. And I think you have to consider a guy that he put forth. He said he thinks that Andrew Wiley is the way to go. He was playing, Andrew Wiley that is, was playing right tackle for the Kansas City Chiefs. He has the ability to play guard he potentially would bring competition into two places on the Buffalo Bills roster and would open up the possibility for the Bills to draft the best offensive linemen available, whether that be a guard or a tackle, when they're on the clock. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So, with Wiley's ability to play both inside or outside, I think you have to consider dropping $8 million a year with a fairly hefty signing bonus for him, because with as well as he played this past season, I think you're looking at the possibility of a guy who could make a huge difference just by showing up. Now, if you're able to draft an interior guy like a, no, I was going to say Cyrus Quanjo. God, what a bad memory. But the the guy from Florida, <laughs> um, who is a guard who's getting a lot of run, thinking that he's going to be available. Uh, I wish I wasn't brain farting right now. Sorry to make you listen to this part. Uh, I I think that it just opens up a lot of possibilities, and that's what I want to see. He's not going to break the bank. Also, you have guys like that are going to come available from the New York Jets, like George Fant, who may not be bad. But I love the idea of weakening your your top opponent in the division by taking one of their good players. I just I, I like the way that looks. So. Really, what I have prescribed so far, I don't think you're going to invest in a tight end. I don't know who moves the needle at receiver. And I don't think spending money at running back is a wise idea. I think you're really only signing probably an Andrew Wiley and some depth pieces as the Buffalo Bills are wont to do when it comes to the offensive line. They always sign a bunch of fringe starters and hope to get the best out of them. You're going to see more of that this year. No big splashes on offense. That moves us to the defense. So what are we looking at there? Well, okay. Bills have a couple of backup defensive linemen who are free agents. You've got Shaq Lawson. You've got uh, Jordan Phillips. You have two players who are very important to the Buffalo Bills defense that I don't think are going to resign. I think Tremaine Edmonds is going to follow the money and... It's hard to begrudge him for that. If he can be signed for about $15 million a season, I think the Buffalo Bills do that. If they push too far beyond that, I think it's going to be a salary cap problem. I think that Jordan Poyer, the writing is on the wall here. The Bills would have extended him if they were going to. He's a 32-year-old who was injured quite a bit this past season and The real unfortunate part of that is the dude was a warrior. He was absolutely fundamental in the success the Bills defense has had over the past five years. But these are the difficult decisions you need to make when you have a very expensive quarterback on the roster. And that's what we've got. You win with your quarterback. The Bills have a great one. You have to pay that quarterback to keep him around That's what's happening. So, are the Bills going to invest on the defensive line? No. Let's get to a different position group. Linebacker, though. If Tremaine Edmonds walks for a long-term contract, what does that give you the opportunity for? Well, you have an opportunity then to look at some of the better middle linebackers that are out there. You may actually consider... A Levante David, or even a Bobby Wagner on a short-term contract. They're getting up there in age, but they are great players. Or you have an opportunity to get a guy who is a good player but regularly injured in Leighton Vander Now, with a guy like Eric Kendricks hitting the market, maybe you take a look at him as well. He's a good run-stuffer, not great in coverage. Really, the best linebacker out there in the long term is Tremaine Edmonds, so you try to bring him back. I don't know if that's going to happen. Now we switch to defensive back. Well, Jordan Poyer. like I said, I think he's going to walk. But again, you can't spend a ton of money on the position because you have an expensive quarterback. Best player out there? It's probably Jesse Bates at safety. He's playing with the Bengals, but he's only 26 years old. You're looking at another long-term contract. CJ Gardner-Johnson, safety with the Eagles. Another good player. He's going to be expensive because he's young also. If I am out there and I'm looking for a safety that is a plug-and-play guy that can line up as a slot corner if you need him to, a guy that gives a lot of A lot of diversity in his skill set. I think you're looking at Jimmy Ward of the San Francisco 49ers. Now, I think the Niners are going to do anything they can to keep him. He's been a leader. He's been there since 2014. His eight-year career has been fantastic. But he is a year older than Jordan Poyer. I think what this does is it gives you the opportunity for a short-term contract. And it gives you the opportunity to bring in a guy who's going to be a bridge to somebody younger, I think that would be a great signing. But here's the thing. When Jordan Poyer was signed, he was a cornerback, and he was not a starter for the Cleveland Browns. Micah Hyde was a cornerback who did start, but he was quite maligned in that he would get set up one-on-one against a receiver and get burned regularly. So maybe the Bills have something up their sleeve when it comes to free agency where they're going to find a cornerback that has those traits that they're looking for, that they are going to convert to the safety position and turn into another great safety. Now, who is that player? I don't know. (laughs) I'm not a scout and I don't know exactly what it is that they're looking for. But they did it before, they can do it again, and even if it's not a free agent, perhaps it's somebody that's coming out of the draft. It's interesting that even though the Bills have a restricted free agent at corner, I'm actually not worried about the position for the first time in a a number of years. What I am worried about is the offensive line and the linebacker position because the depth is just horrible linebacker. And the Bills are going to need to figure out what kind of depth they can get on The defensive line as well, because they run a lot of players in and out, but I don't think you're going to see any big splashes anywhere in free agency, but you may get a couple of reliable players. Anyway, there you have it. In summary, don't expect anything exciting. (laughs) You listened to me for how long now? Only for me to tell you Ah, cool your jets. It's not going to be a big deal. Speaking of cool your jets, I need to switch topics a little bit. Cool your jets, everyone who's listening, when it comes to Stefan Diggs. People are out there saying, oh, the cryptic tweets. And somebody said you're playing your brother. And he said, that's what's on the schedule. What does that mean? I'm getting sick of this guy. People, stop it. (laughs) Stop overreacting. <laughs> he likes messing with you. Don't get sucked in by it. Anyway, this was Believe, a Bills fan podcast. I'm Jamie D'Amico. You can connect with me on Twitter at the Jamie D'Amico. You can connect with John Bacassino at John Bacassino <laughs> on Twitter. We will be coming at you again next week. I hope you enjoyed what you heard today. We're uh, we're coming back, and we're going to try to do better next time. It's always better when you have John Boccasino involved, but we want to hear your comments, so do write to us on Twitter, and thank you for listening to Believe a Bills Fan Podcast.